0: where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 252, End of Summer Turkey Soup. And I am your host and the guy who got his tractor stuck this past weekend. Not just stuck, but stuck in a road. And I'll tell you more about that in just a minute. But right now, we are 205 days, 11 hours, 23 minutes, and 33 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. I told you guys I got my tractor stuck this weekend. So the bigger story of all this is, I went to the farm supply store, and I picked up a lime buggy, and had it loaded with what was supposed to be two tons of lime and ended up being a little over two and a half tons of lime. I then drove it about 12 miles going about 15 miles per hour because that's as fast as the thing would go on those donut airplane tires that are on it and got it over to my property south of Birmingham. And for some reason, I thought it'd be a good idea to unhook the buggy from my four-wheel drive Ford F-150 and drive my truck up to the top of the hill where I keep my tractor and where the two food plots that I needed to put lime on are located, get the tractor, drive it down the hill, hook it up to the lime buggy and pull the lime buggy up the hill with the tractor. So that's what I did. I got the lime buggy hooked up I started up the hill with the tractor and i began to say some prayers about halfway up the tractor was doing well pulling the buggy until i hit the last increasing grade to get up to the top of the hill i could see the top of the hill it was no more than 75 feet an easy shot on a turkey even with a 410 and some number nine tss and the tires started spinning on the tractor now I don't have a four wheel drive tractor. I have a 50 horsepower John Deere, about a 1984 or 86 model, I can't remember which. And when the tire started spinning, remember I'm towing a little over two and a half tons of lime in a buggy that weighs Lord only knows how much behind the tractor that has the tire spinning in the road and is going nowhere. So when the tire started to spin, I hit the brakes, and when I hit the brakes, I thought, wait a minute, I don't need to do that. I let off the brakes and let the back tires spin some more, effectively digging the tractor into the road. Because I didn't know if the brakes alone were going to hold the tractor with the line buggy behind it in place. So I let the tractor dig down into the road about Oh I'd say four maybe at the most six inches deep. But I really don't even think it was that deep. And then I hit the brakes, put the emergency brake on the tractor, but I did not let my foot off the brake and I began to call neighbors. The first two neighbors I called I got voicemail. And I sat there for a little while and I thought I have to get off of this tractor. Because if the brakes give out, this thing is going downhill and I I don't stand a chance. Well, I'd already turned the wheels so that if the tractor did get going downhill, it would push the buggy off of the road and into an embankment. And who knows where the tractor would go from there. But I kind of felt like I needed to be off of that tractor. So with the parking brake on, the tires dug into the ground a little bit. I let off the brake and the tractor inched back. Put my foot back down on the brake and I thought, okay, maybe it's getting to that point to where it's actually just going to hold. I let my foot off the brake again, and the tractor inched back. I let my foot off the brake again, and the tractor inched back, and I said at that point in time, no more. So I sat there with the tractor running, the emergency brake on, my foot on the brake pedal just to put additional pressure on the brakes to keep them holding me where I was, and realized that There was one other neighbor just down the road from me that I probably should call. And thank God he answered the phone when I did call and he said he'd be right over. He was in his big Dodge pickup truck. He brought his chain, hooked the chain up to the tractor and he hooked the other end of the chain to the hitch on his truck and slowly pulled me up to the top of the hill. The whole event of him quite possibly saving my life took about two minutes and thank God he was there to help out and thank God everything went well that nothing bad happened because it could have gotten bad in a hurry it's a pretty steep hill and I've actually gotten my truck before I bought my four wheel drive truck, I'd gotten my two wheel drive truck stuck going up that same hill, pulling a tractor behind it. And I had to call a neighbor at that time to come pull me out as well. So that's twice getting stuck on the same hill while towing something up that hill. And I think going forward that I probably won't tow anything up that hill while I'm in a vehicle by myself. Because as long as I have the tractor there, if I were to get the truck stuck, then I could always have somebody run and get the tractor, bring it down there and help pull the truck up or vice versa. If I'm in the tractor and get it stuck, I can have somebody with me to go and get the truck, hook it up to the tractor and pull me up the hill the rest of the way. Everything worked out. I got the lime spread and we got a fair amount of rain this week so I was excited about that as well and yeah I'm a little bit behind the eight ball on the lime but I did get some powdered lime and I'm hoping that it will actually start working here within the next two three months and that should be about right and that should put me oh right around Thanksgiving or so of having the soil neutralized and it'll be time for a second fertilizing at that point anyway. So maybe we'll have some good results with these food plots that I'm about to plant. Hey, it's been a while since I served you guys some turkey soup and because of that, I have a lot of turkey news to cover. So let's jump in and get going with this. And before I go too far, I stumbled upon an article that I know you guys will find Very interesting. And if you remember a few weeks ago when I played the seminar from the NWTF convention in February of this year where Philip Vanderpool filled in for Ray I. And if you remember in that seminar, Philip mentioning something about Ray having to leave the convention early and in a hurry that there was some sort of a family emergency. Well, while I was digging up some ingredients for our turkey soup, I dug up an article about Ray I and his family medical emergency. So I'm just going to quickly read you guys some information that is on Facebook about Ray's family ordeal that's going on. And I feel comfortable doing that because this information is posted on Facebook. And so I think that most of you guys listening to the show know Ray either from being on this show or from his radio show, most likely, or from TV shows that he's been on or seeing him at hunting shows and conventions around the country. Ray I has done a lot to help educate a lot of us about turkeys and turkey hunting. And I just know that you guys will want to hear this, so... Here is a post from a page on Facebook called Benefit for Ray and Jan I. On June 27th, Ray I posted, update, Janet I, wife, mom, grandma. A quick update on our current situation. It's been five months since our first doctor's visit and first MRI, and we're still fighting this autoimmune encephalitis. After many, many weeks in hospitals, numerous treatments with a variety of medication infusions, there is little improvement. This horrible, rare disease persists to baffle doctors, neurologists, and a variety of specialists, especially with our case. This is a curable disease in past cases, but ours is different, not showing all the same symptoms and all others have an antibody doctor's target to cure them. Jan does not have one or they cannot find it. Dr. Day is pulling out all the stops, redoing tests, doing more tests, consulting with a team of neurologists. Today, June 25th, they are putting a port in her neck for a different medication directly to the brain. The other procedure, they will take blood from her body and run it through a huge machine to separate plasma in her blood, and then put blood back in her body. They're hoping to find the antibody that is causing all of this. Thank you all so much for all of your tremendous support. And prayers during this very difficult time for our family. I love you all. So there actually have been a couple of benefits for Ray and Jan I that have already taken place. They've done some auctions, some raffle tickets, and numerous other things to help raise money to pay for some of the medical bills that Janet and Ray are incurring from this disease that Jan has. And because I think a lot of Ray, I got to looking around because I wanted to do something for him because these benefits have already passed. And so I stumbled across the Janet's fight against autoimmune encephalitis on GoFundMe. And I am about to get on here and donate $100 from the Turkey Hunter podcast to this GoFundMe account. And I just want to give you guys the URL in case you want to donate to help out with Jan's medical bills. So the URL is gofundme.com slash the letter F slash Janets, J-A-N-E-T-S dash fight dash against dash autoimmune dash encephalitis. The last two words are autoimmune, that's A-U-T-O-I-M-M-U-N-E dash encephalitis, E-N-C-E-P-H-A-L-I-T-I-S. So if you guys want to get on that GoFundMe account and donate some money, I know that the I family would be very appreciative and it would help them out tremendously and For as much as Ray has done to help all of us be better turkey hunters, heck for me, it's a very small way of saying thank you. So I'm not trying to guilt trip you guys into making a donation, but if you want to make a donation to help out Ray and Jan, that is probably the best way to do it right now. And of course, the other way that we can help out Jan and Ray is to keep both of them and all of their family in our prayers. So if you guys will do that first and foremost, and then if you want to make a donation, great. Okay, so let's jump into some turkey soup now. And first off, I want to talk to you guys about science. So another article I stumbled across, I thought was pretty darn interesting, is that there is currently a study going on where researchers are looking at whether mosquitoes that carry the West Nile virus are impacting wild turkey populations negatively. And this article in triblive.com says that biologists, foresters, hunters, and other volunteers collected 131 turkey eggs from nests across Pennsylvania this spring. They then drove the eggs to the Southeastern Cooperative Wildlife Disease Study, which is a facility at the university of georgia where they study diseases that affect our wildlife and they're going to hatch these eggs and then inoculate them with the west nile virus and then study them and this study began around the first of july so 66 poults were successfully hatched out of 131 eggs 24 of those went into the facility on july the 2nd at four to five weeks of age and after getting them acclimated to their new surroundings for a week, those turkeys are going to be given West Nile. Two weeks after that, the researchers are going to euthanize them and examine tissue samples. The remaining poults, and I think it's, what, 42 poults that will be remaining, will go through the same process later in the summer at 15 to 16 weeks old. And Melanie Kunkel, who is the veterinary diagnostician, and doctoral student working on the project, says we're trying to see if the younger poults are potentially more susceptible to West Nile than the older birds. And scientists say that the younger wild turkeys don't yet have fully developed immune systems, but by week 10 or so, they do. The reason that this research is going on is twofold first there's a lot of evidence right now that west nile is impacting roughed grouse populations and we know from experience that what affects grouse oftentimes affects turkeys and as we all know while turkey populations across the country are declining from their historic highs that we saw 10 to 15 years ago so scientists are just trying to prove whether or not west nile is one of the reasons why the wild turkey populations are decreasing across the country. So one of the cool things about this study is that we should know the results pretty quickly, like within six to eight months. But the not so cool thing about this is, even if we find out that West Nile is affecting wild turkeys, then we can't do anything about it, but at least maybe we'll have a little bit better idea of whether or not This is one of the reasons why our population is decreasing. Anyway, I thought it was pretty cool. Sounds like a very interesting study. And maybe after the study is over, we can have Melanie Kunkel, the doctoral student that's working on the project, on the show. I think that'd be pretty cool. All right, more science. The Iowa Department of Natural Resources is looking for help with its annual turkey population estimate and that actually started in July but it's going to run through the end of August as well so for you guys living in Iowa or even traveling through Iowa for work or whatever reason you may be there and you travel there often and you want to participate then go to www.iowadnr.gov/hunting/turkey-hunting You can access the survey and the survey card online at that website. So help out the people in Iowa. These population surveys are an important component of managing wild turkeys in these states that do them. More science. Vermont Fish and Wildlife wants your help with a brood survey as well. Vermont's brood survey is going to run through the end of August, and you can help out Vermont Fish and Wildlife Department by completing your brood survey by just going to Google and typing in Vermont Turkey Brood Survey, and it should take you right on over to that website where you can complete the survey and let the state officials know how many wild turkeys and how many wild turkey poults you have seen this summer. Okay, you hunters in Virginia, hopefully you know this already, but your early fall season is going to begin one week earlier than previous years. And the season was reduced from eight to six weeks in length in 27 counties. The main reason for that reduction is because the Department of Game and Inland Fisheries Wild Turkey Management goals is to increase populations. And so they think that By reducing fall turkey hunting opportunities, that will increase wild turkey populations. And four counties with declining turkey numbers had their fall season reduced to four weeks instead of six weeks. Those four counties are Amelia, Dinwiddie, Greensville, and Powhatan. The fall Youth and Apprentice Hunter weekend now starts on the second Saturday of October. Oh, and by the way, you no longer... Are going to be able to use drones to hunt take or kill a turkey or to attempt to locate surveil aid or assist in hunting wild turkeys sorry massachusetts hunters you've had some changes to your turkey hunting regulations beginning in 2020 as well for example your annual limit has increased to three birds and that includes two birds in the spring and one of either sex in the fall. In addition, the daily bag limit has been increased to two turkeys per day during the spring as well. The state feels like increasing that daily bag limit to two turkeys is going to allow hunters to take their spring season limit in a more efficient manner, which kind of makes me chuckle a little bit because do you Think that our state cares about how efficient we are when we're in the woods hunting? The real benefit that I see in having a two bird per day bag limit is that it is going to get some hunters out of the woods earlier than it normally would, thereby decreasing pressure on our turkeys. And that is a big deal. Massachusetts has also expanded the archery fall turkey season to coincide with the archery deer season. But wait, there's more. The state's also now going to allow hunters to use any shot size, shotgun pellets that they want, as long as nothing is larger than number four shot. So you can now take your number nine shot TSS loads to Massachusetts and not worry about being a lawbreaker. Isn't that nice? Youth Day turkey hunting hours have been expanded as well to one half hour before to one half hour before sunrise until 5 p.m. Youth turkey day is still just going to be youth turkey day. No weekend, no week, anything like that. One day. And lastly, the state is now going to allow youth turkey permits to be issued to youths aged 12 through 14 for use in the fall turkey hunting seasons. So there's some pretty big changes going on for you turkey hunters in Massachusetts, some pretty exciting stuff. And I believe every single one of those changes that were made point to signs of the turkey population in the state doing very well. Hopefully it continues that way with these changes. Hey, you guys listening in Minnesota, your state wants your input on some proposed hunting and trapping season changes. Now you guys don't have to rush out and do this today, but if you don't go ahead and do it, you might forget. But you've got through April the 21st to provide your input online at the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources website. And they've provided a little bit of background information on each proposed change on the website, so go check that out. But the changes being proposed for turkey hunting would eliminate the required lottery entrance for firearm hunters hunting in the A or B seasons. Another action they're proposing is to extend the fall season through November and, this is a big one, eliminate the requirement that wild turkey hunters use shotguns 20 gauge or larger to allow statewide spring wild turkey hunting except in the three permit areas composed of the public hunting land, which are area 502, 511, and 512, and to increase the bag limit for fall wild turkey hunting to two turkeys in the metro area, which is area 510. And it looks like that is one more state that has done the right thing to increase their turkey populations, much the same way Massachusetts has done over the years. Did you know that North Dakota's fall season is set? And this year there are 3,660 licenses available to hunters. You can apply for those licenses online or by phone by calling the toll-free number at 800-406-600. 409 and the deadline for applying is soon. It is September the 4th, so you might want to get after that here pretty soon. The fall wild turkey season in North Dakota this year is going to run from October the 12th through January the 5th, 2020. New Hampshire turkey hunters harvested a total of 5,076 turkeys during the 2019 spring season, which set a new spring season record. That was an increase of 872 turkeys over the 2018 season. And I'm glad to say that I helped out with my part of that. Now, the state does say that part of the reason why that increase happened this past year is because of the bag limit being increased to two turkeys this spring instead of the old limit of one bird per spring. Also, for you guys in New Hampshire who are participating in the annual brood survey, it runs through August the 31st. So, you need to get online and probably submit your survey results here in the next few days. So, keep that in mind as well. And in more harvest news from New England, 5,349 wild turkeys were bagged during Vermont's spring turkey season. And I'm glad to say that I did my part to help get to that number as well. Now, this total is just below the average for the past 10 years, according to the Vermont Fish and Wildlife Department's turkey biologist. He said that the prolonged cold and wet conditions experienced during the season likely contributed to the decline. And, and that low production of turkey poults in the 2017 spring due to harsh spring weather also likely resulted in fewer two-year-old gobblers this past spring. And some of you guys around the country are mere days away from kicking off your fall turkey season. Idaho turkey hunters, your season starts in parts of the state this coming Friday and I believe for the other parts of the state it starts September 1st so that's a pretty big deal you guys will be able to get after some turkeys here not too long and I'm gonna bet you're not experiencing weather there like we are in the southeast right now so it will be nice to be out in the woods right now for you guys another state that has a season that's about to start is New Hampshire and we just talked about their record harvest but Their archery season for turkey is going to get underway September the 15th. I believe that coincides with their deer season as well. Now, New Hampshire's fall shotgun season is going to run seven days again this year. And it's going to start October the 14th and run through the 20th. I'm pretty sure I'm headed back up to New England here in the not too distant future but it looks like I'm going to miss every opportunity for a fall turkey hunt. But I probably should check that out and make sure because well my lovely bride likes to sleep in in the mornings and I don't necessarily care to. So it might be that I can slip off for a fall turkey hunt a couple of mornings while we are traveling around and vacationing up there. That would be pretty fun. Okay, so my next two articles are a little bit of some news of the weird. And this next one, I'm going to read it to you, and you're going to think, well, that's not all that weird, but I'll get to the weird part in the article real soon. Landowners who are having problems with wild turkeys causing damage on their property have asked the Idaho Department of Fish and Game for some help. These landowners want to be allowed to chase turkeys on their private land in two extended seasons that run from, get this, September to March in some units in southern Idaho. September to March. September to March. That's strange to me. Anyway, the Idaho Department of Fish and Game in turn wants some hunters to comment on the proposal. So, these landowners are saying that the population of turkeys in southern Idaho has exploded and that they're creating problems on private lands. And some of the landowners are not real happy that they have not drawn a turkey tag for a controlled hunt. So they're not going to be able to hunt turkeys that damage their properties. And they're saying that the odds for drawing a permit or a tag for these controlled hunts are too low. Now, this proposal is going to allow for landowner permission hunts, for turkeys in an effort to resolve their ongoing depredation problems. If this thing passes, the landowner hunts would give wildlife managers the leeway to direct hunters to problem areas where landowners would distribute permission slips for hunters to chase birds on their property. Now that last little bit seems a little messed up to me, but maybe they have it all figured out. and. Maybe it just seems weird to me because if the state of Alabama did that with the number of turkey hunters we have here, (laughs) it would be an all-out assault on the turkeys. And maybe because there's just not a lot of turkey hunters in Idaho, or because there's not a lot of fall turkey hunters in Idaho, this may not be an issue. But I guess in time we'll find out how all of this pans out, and if it passes we'll find out how it lays out for the state as well. Now, this next article is just too wild not to read it all. So, I'm going to read this article written by Kim Miller for the Palm Beach Post that I found on the RegisterGuard.com website. And the story is kind of funny until it's not, and you'll know what I mean here in a minute. So, the title is Wild Turkeys Terrorize Florida Senior Community. Wild Turkeys terrorized a Central Florida senior community this spring, charging octogenarians using walkers, chasing golf carts, and cornering residents in their garages, according to law enforcement reports and resident accounts of the month's long bird assault. The harassment turned deadly serious in March when a resident of the 120-home Wedgwood Manor neighborhood and zephyr hills fell and broke his hip after being chased by two turkeys while walking slashes from the turkey's razor-sharp talons caused significant blood loss that combined with the hip injury left the man in the hospital in recovery for three months said bob dunkel vice president of the homeowners association. He was laying there 10 minutes or so before someone found him, Dunkel said. Turkeys can be scary and some of the people here are in their 90s. Having a turkey run up to you when you're getting out of your car is frightening. Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission officers visited the community at least twice, including in late May when Dunkel called to inquire about trapping or killing turkeys, that continued to bully residents. Residents recounted turkeys in front yards prohibiting people from exiting dwellings, residents having to run to cars or into homes as turkeys approached, and turkeys chasing vehicles and golf carts and attacking cars. An FWC report notes, a a a chihuahua... (laughs) Oh... A chihuahua on a nearby street is said to be the only thing the turkeys fear, and when he runs after them, the turkeys leave the area. Zephyr Hills <laughs> Zephyr Hills is in a hunting zone that allows turkeys... <laughs> Tur- <laughs> Zephyr Hills is in a turkey... <laughs> I'm all messed up now zephyr hills is in a hunting zone that allows turkey taking during the fall and winter according to the fwc's website dunkel said he was told turkeys couldn't even be trapped until hunting season instead he said fwc recommended hazing (laughs) hazing the turkeys (laughs) hazing includes chasing the turkeys waving your arms clapping your hands spraying with quote strong water jet from a hose end quote and opening a large umbrella while facing them (laughs) also recommended is waving or swatting at them with a broom as long as you don't touch them and allowing a large (laughs) and allowing a quote large dog on a leash to bark and scare them end quote The thing about our residents trying to haze them with an umbrella or garden hose is that they can't just run around the corner to get their hose when they're using canes and walkers, so it was more difficult for us to deal with, Dunkel said. Wedgwood Manor resident Terry Narum said he was disappointed with FWC's response. We are talking about a life or death situation, Naram said. My kids raised turkeys for 4-H projects. They can be vicious. FWC did assign volunteers to haze the turkeys. They visited the community at least five times. I felt like they put a lot of effort into helping us, Dunkel said about the FWC. There is suspicion someone was feeding the turkeys, which can make them lose their natural fear of people and cause them to act aggressively. According to FWC, wild turkeys can become a public safety concern because they have powerful wings have sharp spurs, and can weigh more than 20 pounds. Once aggressive behavior is established, it's difficult to change, according to FWC. Dunkel said the aggression from the turkeys has subsided, but that the community is still considering hiring trappers in the fall when season opens. I don't think anyone in our development of 120 houses thinks that anything but that this will start up again next year, Naram said. Listen, it's terrible that the turkeys came after this gentleman and attacked him after he fell and broke his hip while he was trying to get away from the turkeys. I mean, that's bad news. I have been spurred and beaten by one and is not very fun. And I'm sure a lot of you guys listening have been spurred by them as well. They're extremely strong and that incident is nothing to laugh about. But the whole hazing turkeys, they're wild animals. Surely the Fish and Wildlife Commission know that if you got a tom with some adrenaline and testosterone or whatever male hormone turkeys have run through its system, and you're waving your arms at them, they're already not scared of you? It's probably just going to be more of a challenge to them. I don't think I'd be hazing wild turkeys that are out attacking people, unless a shotgun with some number nine shot TSS or a bow with some arrows is considered hazing, and then I'd be hazing the crap out of them. And I have a pretty good imagination. I can just see this Chihuahua running down the street chasing turkeys. And yeah, talk about an effective measure to keep them run off and keep them a little bit scared of that neighborhood. (laughs) Not just the Chihuahua, but all the dogs in the neighborhood would do that. But the Fish and Wildlife Commission recommend a large dog on a leash to do that. So, Can you imagine an 80-something-year-old walking a large dog on a leash and the dog sees a wild turkey and you're expecting that 80-something-year-old man or woman to be able to hold that dog on a leash? I think the Fish and Wildlife Commission has given some pretty poor advice to a lot of elderly people and that maybe some folks that live around there... Not in the neighborhood, but some younger people that live around that area might want to come out there and help to, quote unquote, haze those turkeys and get them away from the old folks community. But these communities, and I'm not just mentioning this one in Florida, but the communities and towns and cities that have problems with wild game in their area need to get with it. And they need to understand that in order to put fear of humans back into these animals, that humans need to be allowed to hunt these animals. Otherwise, if you continue to let the chihuahua harass the wild turkeys, the wild turkey is going to be scared of the chihuahua and not humans. They need to be scared of humans. And we humans are not going to make them scared by feeding them and protecting them every single day out of the year. But I'm preaching to the choir here, so that's probably not doing any good. Anyway, as you can tell, I've Lost it a little bit on that story. And it it was actually funnier reading it aloud than it was reading it to myself when I first found it. But anyway, I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode this week and enjoyed the turkey soup. And you guys who have fall seasons coming up, get out there and enjoy it. Take advantage of those seasons because in a lot of states, our fall seasons are being cut back. And you just don't know how much longer you're going to have an opportunity to enjoy those seasons before they're taken away from us. So do your part, buy your licenses, buy your permits, buy your tags, Get out in the woods and enjoy the sport, and if you run across anyone who happens to be stealing from you and from us by exceeding the bag limit or doing anything to break any of the game laws in your state, then do the right thing. So that's all that I've got for you guys today, but if you would do me a favor, I would appreciate it. Actually, I need you to do two favors. First and foremost, go to the Janet i GoFundMe page and make a donation. Even if it's just $5, $10, whatever you've got, every little bit helps them out. I mean, just think. If a hundred of you guys listening to the show gave 10 bucks to help Ray I and his wife out with their medical bills, that'd be a thousand dollars. That makes a difference. So, if it's just a little bit of money that you can spare, they'll be appreciative. I'll be appreciative. And that's my favor of the week. And that is favor number one of two for the week. Favor number two is have a great Labor Day. And even though it's the unofficial end of summer, I know you guys and I will still be making some time to get outside and enjoy the outdoors with fall rolling around and football season starting because that's about to get crunk as well this weekend. And now is the time when I have to say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews